Welcome to Harshaw. I'm your host, Alex Harshaw. In 2018, I moved to Durham, North Carolina after accepting an attractive job offer. A friend from college had recommended me for an opening at the organization that she worked at. I was unemployed in my parents' basement at the time, so making the move was an easy decision. One thing I didn't consider while I was packing my bags was that this would be my first time living alone in a new city. Besides my friend and her partner, I didn't know anyone there. Luckily, she was kind enough to introduce me to her friends, which led me to meet her friend's friends, which led me to Gabe Guillory. Gabe was one of those people that I saw multiple times before I knew who he actually was. We mostly met in dark bars after a few pints, among larger groups of friends. I didn't lock him into memory until we were reintroduced at a three-piece jam session hosted by our friend RJ. From there, I realized what a talented, intelligent, and kind individual I was in the presence of. He quickly found a place on my short list of Carolina compadres. Unfortunately, we didn't hang as much as I'd like to before I returned to Ohio. This conversation was my chance to really get to know the guy, and I'm certainly glad I did. In this episode, Gabe talks about his several pets, his music career, and his beginnings in small-town Louisiana. But honestly, those are just openers to the main subject of this episode, Gabe's devoted love of literature. If you're looking for some supreme additions to your reading list, make sure to stick around until the end of this episode. You will not regret it. With no further ado, please enjoy Episode 3 of Show. Are you connecting audio and can't hear you yet? Got it. Hey, man. Hey, Gabe. Hey, uh, let's do, do this real quick. Sure. What are your songs about? Do you have a pet sort of themes that you repeat? Well, the pet theme really is, uh, you know, why worry? I mean, I mean, you can be pretty happy if you put your mind to it. decision yeah yeah <clears throat> that's awesome about, yeah well how about yourself what, what have you been up to oh man uh i have i've been working a lot dealing with uh these old dogs that are uh sometimes sick and sometimes not um working with my girlfriend she's got a uh she's got a farm so like planting a lot of stuff like peas and garlic and all kinds of stuff in the uh in winter well i guess is yeah, that well, how that works yeah we started uh we started peas and stuff not too long ago and garlic was several weeks ago um so it's it's time to get them like prepped for for spring and all that kind of stuff when you say she has a well 
the farm. How how large is it? How many how many plants are it's, we talking here? It's it's just in the back of our house. It's it's an urban farm, but it's like it's a fairly good size. You know, big chunk of land. I'd say, God, I don't I don't know measurements for land. I don't know what constitutes <laughs> an acre or or whatnot. I'll do me neither. <laughs> I have it's I, it's approximately six hectares. I have no idea. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I could do yards just because of football, but like outside of that, I have oh, right, no right. idea. Okay. It's all right. In that case, it's about uh maybe fifty, sixty yards, something wow. like that. Okay. That's not yeah, small. It's, it's not small. You know, it's it's long and narrow, but yeah. you know. So it's good. I've been I've been missing uh my garden. Like being yeah, able yeah. To, to plant things. I haven't had like an actual garden in a long time, but I've always had house plants mm-hmm. around. And the place I'm at now doesn't have all that much sunlight, but there's a community garden up the street for me that I'm looking forward to getting into. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. And I, I don't think pan- the pandemic would affect that at all, but uh, I moved to Columbus in late August, so I didn't have a chance to, you know, really get involved with it. So I'm looking forward right, to that right. in the spring. Have you always been like a plant type person or was that no, more? Not particularly. Like, like I like being outdoors and, and, and kind of working with my hands and all that kind of stuff. So this was a, a good opportunity to do that. Plus we're like, we're always picking really good food from the garden and just cooking ridiculous stuff, you know, oh, nice. in the kitchen. And yeah. She's still got like some squash that are ready to go right now. And, you know, she, she harvests and freezes all the food. So, so it's pretty great. Well, with all that with all that space out there, I feel like you have a lot left over. Do you sell it? Is it all like deep freezing? Uh, deep freezing. Most of it's deep freezing. Most of it's deep deep frozen. Yeah, most of it is. Um, but you know, she's got like a, a listserv and and good friends and neighbors. She's like really connected with the neighborhood, so like she she gives stuff out all the time. You know, like tomatoes and and squash and and, and all that good stuff. Nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So you said earlier uh, you're checking up on the donkeys. How many or is it just dogs or do you have cats? Like I've, I've got, I look at your Instagram story. And I don't, it's like a zoo, man. I don't know. What yeah, you got. It, it's it's I've got two dogs right now and three cats and they're senior dogs and senior cats. Um, I had three past three dogs passed away in 2020. Oh, um, man, my condolences. From, from old age and complications related to their breeds and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which was super sad, but they, they oh, lived, God, yeah. um, yeah, they, they lived really good full lives and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I can't really be too mad at it <laughs> because I've yeah. been home, home long enough to like spend those last moments with them and uh, kind of really have those, you know, a little bit more time with them than I otherwise would have more than likely. So, yeah, what what a bittersweet yeah thing about the being in the pandemic, being locked inside, but having more time to spend with the pets. Right. How they all passed away at the same time, so I'm assuming you got them near around the same time. How <laughs> how this happened? Yeah. Did you just like take over a a shelter at the same time, or pretty much, man? I um years and years ago, um. My then wife and I um, 
just loved animals. And so we, we ended up just, and never wanted kids. So we ended up just collecting like so many animals and, um, ended up at one point I had seven dogs, three cats, a rabbit and a bird and just really enjoyed the crap out of it. You know, like <laughs> at, at one point, at one point I was like, am I overwhelmed or is this, or is this a good number? I was like, this is, this is too much. There should be no more. But, um, but yeah, I'd say within about a two year span, they were, you know, got all of these animals together. Um, <clears throat> so they kind of grew up together um, some of them were already, you know, most of them were like rescue animals that weren't puppies or, ki or you know, or kittens or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> so just kind of had them their whole lives. And I just, I, we knew that at one point says, well, they're all going to get old about the same time. And, and it's yeah. all going to have like these problems all at the same time. And sure enough, you know, they did. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm sure that was amazing. Are you going to oh be doing God, anything yeah. similar to that? Or like, how, how's that going to work? Wait, say it again? Do you plan on doing anything similar to that? Or like, are you going to get like another set? Or No, no, no. I, I will not replenish the set at this point. <laughs> um, uh, I plan on, I've got like the three cats and the two dogs right now. I'm, I'm fine with with not collecting anymore. And, and I may get, you know, once these two pass, I may yeah. get another dog at some point, but probably never more than one or two. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do kind of want to focus it. It has its ups and its downs. It's been a very rewarding experience having all these animals and, and it's, you know, filled with, with all of this entertainment and, and love and laughter, but like at the same, on the flip side of the coin, I've also sacrificed a lot of, a lot of things that I couldn't have done otherwise, like, like traveling. Yeah. So I've had, you know, 12, 13 years where I haven't really traveled as much as I've, I've wanted to. And I think that would probably open up an opportunity to, uh, to do that yeah. just a little bit more. Um, not to say that I can't have a, an animal and, and travel at the same time, but, uh, it's just a little bit easier, uh, when you're not trying to, uh, manage a circus. So, yeah, I can, I can imagine putting 12 animals in a shelter for, a vacation would probably be pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's well, a good thing? My, my, my ex-wife works at um, a, a pet hotel. So like technically she can board them for free. So that's so that's a good perk. I have never heard of a pet hotel, uh -huh. not even a motel. We're straight to a hotel. What's yeah. Like what? it's like a boarding it like, facility. It's it's specifically a boarding facility where you, where you drop your pets off. Like if you're traveling out of state or, or or you know for whatever, if you go on vacation, rather than leaving them with a friend or at the vet. You know? Am I thinking of this too literally? Is it does it like do they have their own rooms or is it just like kind of like a kennel but a temporary kennel type thing? It's 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 like a fancy kennel. It's Fancy like you can, you can like you can like pay for services like having, you know, playtime, you know, X amount of times during a day, you know, on top of like the rotation and they have like swimming pools and like and like they take them out and give them walks and like you can get like all these pampering services and like pay for extra treats to give them. So it's like, you know, it's 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 like hotel management for pets, you know, that's. I, yeah, there's a I thought it was crazy when I saw the pet spa back when I was living in Durham. I, 
I yeah, lived yeah. right next to one of those things. I didn't realize. I've I've had a dog. I had a dog like fifteen years ago. Yeah. And I feel like all this stuff is brand new. People are really like putting investments into pampering their pets in very mm-hmm. exuberant ways that I was not familiar with. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. In fact, years ago, um, I almost invested, almost had the, almost had the opportunity to invest in, um, owning a, a pet hotel boarding facility type thing. And it was <laughs> this close to it, but like it didn't happen. So what changed your mind? Did you, uh, did it fall through or did you step back from it or what happened? It was, a, it, it was a family owned business and yeah. the, the owner had passed away and, uh, my wife at the time, uh, was, um, she was, a, she was a manager, you know? And so we had interest in, in purchasing it if, if the family didn't want to take it over because they all lived in separate States. But after the passing of the owner, um, they kind of decided that they did want to take it over. So they kind of moved uh, closer to it. And so we're like, Oh, sure, sure. You know, that makes sense. So totally understandable. Yeah. So it was one of those things like, should we do this? You know, mm. can we do this? And like, okay, or the, the, the owner's children, you know, want to, want to continue with the business and, and they've mm. done very well. So it's, it's great. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like even if somehow you did become in charge of it, That'd be one of those things like the owner's family would like always look at you sideways and maybe slash your tire every now and then. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Or maybe I watch too much TV. That kind of sounds like something that would, I don't know. (laughs) Try scaring you out. It might be like the plot of a Scooby-Doo thing. They'll just try like scaring you out of the... (laughs) Run them off. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Gabe, when... I met you. Uh, I think I met you initially through a jam session. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. Hanging out with RJ. Through RJ, yeah. Have you guys still been making music? Is Snake Shame still rolling during the pandemic, or what's going on? It, we, we finished an album right around... When was that? We finally put it up on Spotify towards the end of last year which might've been around November or December, I think. Um, hard to keep track of the months. 2020 yeah. was like six years long. So, yes. uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I have been keeping up with music. We haven't been playing at all. Like I'm, I'm particularly paranoid of, of catching the COVID yeah. and like being extra precautious. Um, and I know RJ and Jenny are too. Uh, they're also in the band. Um, and, but we haven't really, I mean, there's nowhere to play. Right. We could do live streaming, but like the COVID is just rampant in the area. So it's very hard to do that. There's a few venues around here, you know, like Cat's Cradle mm-hmm. um, on Chapel Hill. They're still doing live performances and stuff like that. But um, but we haven't really been able to, uh, to put any of that stuff together. Um, you know, we've sent out some emails and things like that, but it's, it's just difficult and it's not happening right now. Um, so, you know, but yeah, RJ and I have, have gotten together a few times, uh, played some music. Um, we make attempts to hang out every now and then. It's just so difficult during all of this. Uh, and I think once the vaccines start coming around, then maybe around springtime, we'll actually be able to uh, safely, without paranoia, get back together and play some music. I hope that... Uh... <laughs> 
I hope that that Jenny and and, and RJ haven't found another bass player. Uh. <laughs> I really love the band, um, but we just really haven't we haven't gotten together for yeah. him. It's, it's just really tough, um, and I love them to death, and uh, I look forward to continuing doing that. And Dude. man, that's one of the things that I've been kind of itching most about is just like playing music. So like I even like sh- ordered some guitar strings and restrung my acoustic and all that stuff. So been playing a little bit of music here and there. Um, but there's nothing like playing, you know, live band with a group, you know, that's just a whole different thing altogether. Like you and I, when we wrote that song, yes, we came over to RJ's and we had wrote a song. So that was, that was pretty fun. That was great. I'm, that is my one and only writing credit. And <laughs> I am so proud to be a part of that project. Um, <laughs> I don't, I kind of feel like a phony being a part of it. But uh, I, I certainly was in the room when those wrote. Um, amazing. But all, all it takes is a drum beat and a couple chords, man. You got a song like that. That's it. <laughs> it's easy. It's great. And you did I'm fantastic. A, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Gabe. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, snake shaming always has a special place in my heart. Uh, you know, while we're talking about snake shaming, do you want to like give kind of like a pro to anybody that might be hearing about this for the first time? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, we are a, uh, a geek punk band, um, three piece. Uh, all of our songs are kind of in the vein of um, kind of like some harder, faster Ramones, a little bit of Dead Kennedys here and there, uh, some Misfitsy type stuff, like really old school, just really fast, hard and heavy um, street style punk. But like our songs all have have hilarious um backstories for them like we've got it's it's geek punk in the, a very literal right. sense like we, we've got a song about arrested development um we've got some about the comey trial you know a couple fairly political ones but they're all tongue-in-cheek too um never thought i'd be rooting for the fbi <laughs> got one um about dracula wrestling uh that's a great one great uh bridge and would you call it a bridge in the middle of the song whatever that uh the big oh, just, announcer roundup yeah yeah we've, we've got the uh the whole outro just it's it's the announcer uh calling ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. um coming in at 450 undead pounds <laughs> from the land of transylvania <laughs> And we go Ed, so it's it's pretty great um yeah we do we do the the wrestling ring call out like at the end of the song yeah so it's, kind of, it's kind of the outro and then um we've got the halloween song which we just overly produced and that's the one that we wrote yes. well, i brought that one over to uh to snake shaming and like we just layered like 50 sets of vocals on top of it made it super thick it's 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 fun so it's like it sounds like there's like 50 people playing on the track but uh <laughs> so it, it may sound a little different live but it's pretty fun um what else do we have we've got it's two uh, albums now right yeah yeah yep we've got one um about being about being a piece of garbage which is great 
<laughs> trash, trash, trash. That's me. G A R B A G E. It's so good. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> we've got one about um, reading Harry Potter books called Read Another Book. Uh, <laughs> Jenny is very against the Harry Potter books. Uh, we've got one about Skyrim called uh, Skyrim Job. And so, you know, just a lot yeah. of a lot of fun uh, kind of turns of phrase and, and whatnot on some, some great punk stuff. And I've, and I've been in punk bands for, God, years and years, probably over half my life. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which... Um, and numbers, which band is Snake Chaming? Is this like your third band, your fourth band? Or is it like a thing that you just oh kind of like God. jumped on band to band to band? Were you like a studio musician at one point? Yeah, I've done studio stuff. I've I've been I've been a mostly like a working musician. Like I get called up with the band for um to go play on the weekends and stuff like that and you know, do four or five hour gigs and stuff. Um playing you know top 40 hits and stuff like that i had a band we had like a whole led zeppelin set and like we had a whole black sabbath set and just um then we'd play like casey and the sunshine band <laughs> uh did wedding gigs um a bunch of queen um and then i realized oh i can put a band together and like we can do like the four-hour gigs to where you get paid like good money but we can also do what we want and bring our friends and make it fun. So I had this yeah. band called Bombs Away for about 10 years that we just did a bunch of um, Foo Fighters and Weezer and we punked out some Johnny Cash and, um, you know, we do TV theme songs like Golden Girls and Full House. Nice. And uh, we take memes and stuff. Um, what was the Bed Intruder song? Like, hide your kids, hide your wife. We did that. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, America, fuck yeah! We, you know, we right. we pull whatever we pull stuff that people are like, oh man, I know that song, and it's hilarious to hear it, you know, out yeah. loud. So, did that. So I think snake shaming. To go back to the question you asked a minute ago, snake shaming is probably <sighs> like fifteen or twenty, if I had to guess. Wow, Some, somewhere in that range. <laughs> somewhere within that that number well so how about... i've done everything i've done everything from like I, I from i've done everything from like ska bands reggae bands death metal um you know classic rock um did like a synth wave band uh did a shoegaze band did all kind of stuff man it's like nothing i wouldn't really put my hands on I did. I did a, a Zydeco gig once. I don't know what Zydeco is. It's 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 the washboard, uh, and the um, and you hold the C chord the entire time. It's like a washboard and the and the and the accordion. It's a it's it's the type of music you'd hear uh, further down south in Louisiana. Is it fast? Uh, yeah. I think like bluegrass in that direction. It's oh, it's, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's kind of their version of bluegrass. You know, it's yeah. just really fast. Most of the time, it's 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 really fast, and it's um they sing in French. Um, oh, so, yeah, I got a little Zydeco band put together one time to play this church fair or something like that. You know, wherever the money's at. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did how did that start in the first place? When you first, 
there's so many questions I can ask about this. Yeah, I yeah. want to know. Let's just start with what instrument did you first pick up? What what did you learn first? I know you to be a bass player, but you just said you restrung your acoustic. Did you start on piano? How how this all start out? Uh, I've got the classic bass player bass bass player um, story. Origin. Yeah, <laughs> my origin story is 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 much like many a bass player. Started off on guitar. Mm. <laughs> um, I think I started when I was about thirteen. I learned a few chords from. Um, from a teacher of mine, we had like this this um, this program where we would just kind of like pick up kind of hobbyish type stuff. And I was like, yeah, I want to learn guitar. So learned a few chords, um, didn't really pursue much with it. Um, when I got to driver's ed, um, I became really, fr- really good friends with this kid that would bring his guitar to driver's ed. And like, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to pick this back up. So like, I learned a lot of stuff from him over like the course of like a year and a half, two years. And then um, started expanding my circle. Um, By the time I was like ready to be like, oh, these guys want to start a band, you know, and you're 16 or 17. They're like, okay, let's go check it out. And like, someone's got gear and someone's got like old beat up drum kit and, and a shitty PA or really just one speaker on a stick, you know, that that they're yelling in their, their grandma's um, basement. You know, and so I get there and like, we already got three guitars here. You got the bass. It's in the back. I was like, uh, oh. I was like, well, I don't know how to play bass. So it's, it's easy. It's like, it's just like, it's just four of the strings instead of all six. And you just play them one at a time. I was like, okay. And so like, that's it. That's my origin story. <laughs> I, got, I got stuck on bass and I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. I like this a whole lot better than, than just doing guitar, you know? So like I, I quit focusing on guitar so much. So like I peaked you know, right around, I don't know, 99 or so. Like yeah. I learned some Soundgarden and I'd learned some Rage Against the Machine licks and stuff like that. And then that's it. That's that's all I got. And then bass. <laughs> and then the bass, the bass kept going up. And it's like, oh, I'll do whatever you want on bass. So. Well, I'm glad it wasn't like a compromise. It, it seems like it was a natural, you didn't just like do it to take one for the team you're it actually ended up being something you like more than yeah playing. yeah absolutely. yeah that's awesome yeah definitely and then just throughout the years just um you know got with a bunch of great drummers me and my friend uh adrian uh we would kind of pimp ourselves out um as a as a as a drum and bass duo we're like yeah you're a guitarist or a singer songwriter just pull us right in we'll we'll play whatever whatever you're playing and like enhanced your live experience and so we called ourselves uh horse doovers horse you know, instead of hors d'oeuvres so ah nice <clears throat> right because we were you just had like, like the tongue and cheek thing going all like all yeah, through oh, yeah. Group. yeah constantly uh what are some great band names i've had bombs away was one um in fact when we would get too drunk with bombs away we would play like really really slow um, kind of folk ballady songs, and we would call ourselves Cat Piss, and it was we would just play like real slow ballady songs of like these really hard like ACDC songs, you know, back in the black. It was pretty fun, but we call ourselves Cat Piss. I like the idea that you reach a certain level of drunkness and like, all right, we're not that band anymore. Right, we're well, a different and and on that same on that same note we'd either become cat piss or we'd become close enough so like we so we'll play like 30 seconds of any song you want us to play 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out the course and we'll, we'll go for it. We'll do it. So like we'd become close enough or our cat piss. So just depending on how drunk we were. <laughs> and like what kind of drunk you like if we're whiskey drunk it's probably going to be cat piss if, right. if it was beer maybe yeah yeah if it's if we're if we're close enough we're playing we're we're playing push it and two live crew and just like we're going for it you know that's great <laughs> yeah you know what while i'm thinking about it mm-hmm. i was talking about music and bands snake shaving all of that i have a special question to ask you well, mm-hmm. I don't particularly, special but uh, somebody else has a special question for you. In fact, uh-huh. I'm going to be pulling him now and sending it over to you in the chat. Oh. Hey, Gabe, maybe you can clear this up for me, but why are swamp people so short? They seem to always be short. You, Joe, I mean, those are the only swamp people I know, but why are you all so short? <laughs> that's an amazing question <laughs> did that come through in the chat uh no but i'm gonna have it i'm gonna play it on top of the video okay so rj's question was why are swamp people which is my people i'm from louisiana why are we so short um and it is a definite geographical thing like i am exact height that i need to be for that area you know probably tall in japan but uh but yeah there's there's everyone is short uh in in louisiana especially the area that i'm at most occasions and i have no idea why that is that is um it it, it's just it just is um everyone comes from nova scotia you know um all the cajuns came from nova scotia and they were french and they were particularly a short stock of French people. And so a lot of folks are short and I'm, I'm even on the average side. Like there's a lot of folks that are way shorter than me, um, everywhere. So that's your answer, RJ. It's, it's a geographic thing and the French are short. (laughs) A lot of French and Spanish down there. So (laughs) this opens up a lot of different questions for me because I don't know much about, Louisiana Creole culture, anything oh, yeah. like that. Um, I've been wanting to go to New Orleans for years. I was going to go last year, uh, and then some stuff happened in the world. Yeah, could you what tell could me? <laughs> I, uh, uh, laundry. I had to do laundry, but uh, a year's worth of laundry. <laughs> so much laundry. You mentioned that you're from Marksville before we. Uh, before the interview began, in the oh, I was born in Marksville. You're born in Marksville, right? But I lived in Plosheville, um, another another village, yet another village right down the road. Um, and uh, my mother's maiden name is Ploche, and um, her people or my people like founded that town. So it's it's one of those where like uh, last I checked. The uh, population was under 400 people from the town that I'm from. Really? Yeah. That's my high school graduating class. Oh man, yeah. No, we. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we didn't have <laughs> maybe 150 <laughs> in yeah. my graduating class. Oh man. If that. So you stayed the whole time down there, right? I mean, you did. Oh yeah. What, what was life down there in the small town in the south? 
Oh, it's so boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I it took me thirty years to get out of there. Um, you know, I kept slowly inching away from my hometown. You know, to go to the big city, which was like forty-five minutes away, and then I wanted to go further out. Um, a couple of my friends made made it further out. It's one of those small town kind of things where you go in and. Um, you know, there's only certain types of jobs that people can take and they stay and they end up, you know, marrying somebody from like the next town over or, you know, from, you know, their cousin or somebody, no, <laughs> 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 or, uh, yeah. or somebody that's just not enough blood related for it to be okay. And, yeah. um, and so they, they, you know, they settle down and raise their families and it's, it's cheap to live down there. And uh, that I wasn't about that life. You know, you know, mom was always like, oh, I want, I want grandkids and, 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 you know, do all the traditional things. And I was like, I'm, that's not, mm -mm. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So, um, yeah, just kind of moved out inch by inch, but like the, the culture down there is, is, is really interesting. Like, and I find myself not nostalgic, but like, there are many things that I appreciate about the culture now that I'm far enough removed from it. Sure. Like what? Um, there's a lot of closeness. There's a lot of um, charitable things that happen. People kind of help one another out in like a real genuine way. Um, there's a lot of ties to the land. Um, you know, I'm not a I'm not a hunter or a fisher or anything like that, but I do like appreciate nature. And there's a lot of um, conservation. Um, further down there there's a lot of you know of course music is such a big thing down there music yeah. food the food is always great you know I've, I've learned a lot about cooking from um from the south you know from that far down south yeah, Cajun type. yeah, Cajun, yeah. Cajun food and yeah. you know just spice and there's you've always got to put Tony's seasoning on everything so it's you know Tony's yeah I don't, yeah, I don't think it's I, I, when I think seafood, I think Old Bay. So it's Tony's I need to have. Oh, yeah. Right? Old Bay is a northern thing. That's like, ah, okay. that's your, your crab mix and stuff like that that you put on. Yeah, that's. Ah, gotcha. Maryland and like New England stuff. Yeah, is yeah. That, yeah. Okay. New, England, New England is Old Bay. Um, and um, yeah, Creole seasoning and Tony's and um, Zatarans. That's, uh, that's Louisiana. I think I've heard of Zatarans. Yeah. In fact, they like sell rice in the box. I think I've seen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little jambalaya mix, man. Yeah, yeah. goes a long oh. way. I made some jambalaya not too long ago. In fact, we're planning on doing that not, not too far from now. As soon as it warms up, we're gonna get a big cast iron pot and go outside and and make a big thing of jambalaya for the neighbors. So. Oh, that sounds so yeah. nice. Yeah. Let's see if we can do a little that block party so or something nice. like that. <laughs> I am a. I haven't had that kind of food in so long, and then oh, B, being in like that kind of like community, like any type of event where everyone gathers around food, just seems oh. everyone seems to be in a good mood when right, like a barbecue or like a shrimp fry or like anything like that. It's just man, I used to have pretty pretty seasonally. I'd say about three four times a year. Um, for a while, I was doing cook offs. Uh, my place and 
Yeah, you came to some cook-offs. I missed the cook-offs. Now that you mentioned didn't it, you come, didn't you come to one? Not a single one, but oh, I, man. It, it killed me on the inside. You had a chili cook-off. All right, and... right. Okay, so I invited you to all of them. You just never made it. Yeah, because I, I stink. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's, always, there's always something going on. Back before yeah. the pandemic, people had options. They had all kinds of things going on. I'll never take it for granted. <laughs> Anything that I'm invited to, I'm at every... If you invite me to a cook-off now, I'll just drive down from... Well, after right. the pandemic's over. Right. I will be there. And in fact, I just made the best chili of my life for the Super Bowl, and Ooh, yeah. I want to enter it into the next chili cook-off. Done, done, yeah, yeah. So we would have we would have cook-offs just yeah. like all the time, man. We'd have different themes for it. Did the chili cook-off? We did a gumbo cook-off. I think that was the first one. It started because my buddy Brian and I were like, uh, he was like, "Oh, can you cook a gumbo?" I was like, "Yeah, I can cook a gumbo." I was like, "I can make a pretty good one too." I was like. Oh, well, uh, should, we, should we put them put, put them against each other? And so we did, and uh, and it was great. We had we had a lot of entries, and uh, someone from Mississippi took the title from us and and, and made us very sad. <laughs> I was just about to say, how do people in North Carolina do cooking up uh, deep South food? I mean, I feel like I mean North Carolina is the South, but like compared right, right. to well. Well, he's from, I think he's from Pennsylvania, mm. if I'm not mistaken. You know Brian, right? I had to see his face. I, that name is familiar. Most of the people Glasses I met when I was in North Carolina, we were at a bar. So, yeah. like, it was dark, and I was also doing other stuff. So <laughs> That's that's the funny thing. It's like most of the, 95% of the people that I know from North Carolina are not from North Carolina. Mm. So, that's that's an interesting uh thing i uh, you know for anybody listening right now that yeah w i'm in north carolina right now um but but most of the people that that i've met around here are, are we're all transplants so it's like ohio uh pennsylvania uh massachusetts um i've met so many people from massachusetts and new york um lots of friends from from all over the place so we just all kind of like land here and like yeah this is nice yeah let's, let's let's keep this spot going so i miss it sometimes i'll have to i'll have to stop yeah. back down eventually oh man uh, definitely yeah we'll play some music and cook some food <laughs> yes that'd be great i don't know if rj told you but i've been taking guitar lessons so the next jam session is gonna be nice well, maybe like around here Not, i don't know it's gonna be good <laughs> it'll be good that's awesome man what have you been reading lately reading okay actually uh i just finished rereading uh the name of the wind i can't remember the guy's name right now which is funny it's it's great it's like this um i don't i don't typically go for fantasy novels but this guy writes so well and it's a very atypical kind of fantasy novel it's almost like a, a really fucked up Harry Potter kind of thing oh. um, where he, he goes to this university and he, he starts off. It's funny enough. The guy starts off. He's, he's this musician and this traveling troupe. Um, his parents are these, these great, you know, performers and all this kind of stuff. And um, so it's just all the adventures that he's on. But on top of that, I'm also reading a book about the Gulf of Mexico. Hey, check that out. Uh, which is great. Um, I'm almost done with it. 
it's a nonfiction book about um, the making of an American sea. So it talks about um, Audubon's travels uh, through the South. Um, it talks about hurricanes and erosion and uh, the population boom in Florida and how it, how, how it became like this retirement haven. Um, all of the wildlife and the conquistadors and things like that that, have, that are a part of the history. So it's, it's, it's great. Uh, it's, it's super in depth and, and being from the Gulf, you know, that's what drew me to it. Um, but the, uh, the writing's really great. And then I'm also reading, um, Charles Yu interior Chinatown, which is, I just started that a friend of mine, uh, Nadia and I, we go, we go running like a couple times a week and we're like, let's read a book too. Let's like, let's do a book club. Yeah. We're, (laughs) we both. (laughs) ended up getting the same book at the same time. We're like, all right, well, it makes sense. Let's do it. Uh, so I'm a couple chapters into that. And it's about this, um, this uh, Chinese guy who lives in this tenant building in Chinatown. And um, he is, he is as of, as of two chapters in, he is not named. He just refers to himself as Kung Fu guy because everyone in this tenant building, um, they get pulled in as extras, uh, on all of these, these crime dramas and these movies, yeah, um, and and it's it's playing on those stereotypes of like, of like how they get typecast and how they can't like rise above the like the ideal dream is to be like the Jackie Chan, you know, um, where everybody knows your name and you're in all of the movies, but like that's as high as you can that's like as high as you can get, and it's always only one guy mm. at a yeah. time. And so like, it's just there, it's all of these people living in a tenant building and running a, um, you know, a, a restaurant and, and just the struggles they face with being kind of invisible in America. Um, so, I mean, it's fiction, but it's really great. He talks about his, his father that's got like Alzheimer's and he refers to him as, um, uh, your father has been at various times twin dragon, wise in Chinaman, guy in a soiled t-shirt, inscrutable grocery owner, egg roll cook, young Asian man, uh, old Asian man. So he's he's really harping in on all those typecast racial stereotypes that that Asian Americans are are put into um, for all of these things and how how Western I guess anyone outside of of Chinatown, rural Americans or whatever, how how they see um how they see them and, and kind of stereotype them so like i said he doesn't he's he hasn't even named himself yet yeah. uh, in the book. so it's it's i really like the meta narrative in that and how it's just this marginalized group just kind of fighting for for a voice and like what what they're really what they're really about and like the real struggles they've got so talking That's about heavy. his father's yeah his father's alzheimer's and his brother his brother like did really well in some movies, but like he didn't quite get to the status of like recurring roles and stuff like that. So it's it's a good book and it's got a national book award. So it's good. From the three books that you just listed, it sounds like you have a wide range of interests. How do you yeah. choose which books to read? <laughs> uh, I usually, I'm usually reading about four or five at a time. Um, I usually like one, one to two fiction and then a few nonfiction, um, and I like I like reading memoirs and essays. I've got like most of those series, like the best American reading. 
I got the best American science writing 2020 and the best American essays 2020 that I'm also reading right now. So if I need like a short burst of something to read, I'll pick those up yeah. and like learn about, you know, CRISPR technology and, and what's, what's happening with that. Or like, you know, um, a story about someone's personal experiences with like transphobia or, or, or something like that. Um, they've got some, some really good stuff and these are all like nationally syndicated. These are like vetted as like the best things to read, but I'm, I'm always constantly reading stuff. Uh, I've got a degree in English. So like I've always had a wide palette and just some years more than others, I'm, I'm hungry for something to read And this year's, I mean, the pandemic's hit. So it's oh, like, yeah. I, I need things to absorb. Um, right. so I'm reading those, uh, I like reading, uh, memoirs and biographies. I've got a Toni Morrison, um, collected essays. Um, I've got Kurt Vonnegut, and Neil Gaiman, um, letters and correspondences and things like that, that yeah. I'm kind of reading through. Um, so it really varies. Like sometimes I like short things from people that I like you know, short essays or letters or that kind of stuff. Um, but I really need to get back into, uh, to fiction. That's, that's usually my bread and butter. I'm just fascinated that you're interested in so many different mediums, if that makes sense. Like, Oh yeah. Most people are like, I'm into science fiction, but like you're, you're not talking just genres. You're talking about, I like reading letters and yeah, essays yeah, yeah. and like that. I think that's kind of unique. I don't know if it, yeah. if you agree or not with that. I, I mean, I've had a wide palette like my whole life. Like my mom started me off early, like going to the library and I would get um, the first books that I ever liked were those choose your own adventure books. Yeah. It's like you get to page 12 and you're dead. And it's like, would you like to, <laughs> would you like to try that again? Go back to page eight. So I go to page eight and I was like, all right, let me get somewhere else. Uh, like that. And like, I, I'd read like, old George Orwell and, and, and stuff like uh, wrinkle in time and, mm -hmm. and, you know, some of that, some of the classic stuff. And then, then in college, you know, in high school and college, I got into like philosophy and the occult, you know, just cool shit. Cause you're edgy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, after that I started reading a lot more, you know, like the origin of species and, and, and just like, what are these big groundbreaking things that I should be reading? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a list maker at heart. So like, I would look at these, what are the top 20 books that I need to be reading? Do I need to read like, um, catch 22 or, or, or Chuck Palahniuk, you know, fight club and all this kind of stuff. So by the time I got to, uh, by the time I got to college, I had like, I guess a wide berth on all of it. And so I was just reading everything I could. And like, it really trained me to like read a whole bunch of different stuff. Cause I remember one semester I had like maybe three classes in grad school and like, I had to read like 19 books in one semester. And I was like, this nice. is a lot. Wow. So, but it got me trained for like, for everything. It's like, now I've got, it's like, I take on all of these interests all at once because that's, that's just how my brain is wired now. It's like, yeah, I want to do all the things right now and it's fine because I can be good at all of them at the same time without having to be too tied to any one of them. Yeah. Um, without, have to be, without having to be a specialist at all of them. 
So I just like having the information. Um, and then I did like my, uh, my master's thesis, uh, you know, poetry is great. I keep up with a lot of poets. There's like a, a poet group that I attend, um, through, through meetup, a friend of mine, uh, Aaron, cool. she's a poet and she's got like a chat book coming out and all that kind of stuff. And I'll write like maybe two poems a year, you know, and I'll bring those in to sure. work. out, you know, and she's writing all the time and she's got some good stuff and I love hearing it. Um, but you know, just being trained for like critical theory and just like dissecting information. Like I like to hear it. I like to absorb all the things and like comment on it. So it's, it's always fascinating to me just to see different perspectives. Um, and then, um, my master's was on, uh, Chuck Palahniuk. Um, so I wrote about fight club and lullaby in, in the context of nine 11. Um, so that was that was fun, and and as an undergrad, I did a lot of conferences, you know, for essays and and short stories and stuff like that. So I was always writing something, um, and and presenting it somewhere. So I really got into that, just like the whole ethos of of discussion and 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 being critical about the things you see and read and believe. So so Jeez. it's always just been kind of my yeah. It's always been kind of my MO. You were not playing around when you chose to be an English major like that. No, no. I feel like some people go through the motions. You you were a English major. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I, yeah. I wanted to go I wanted to get my my doctorate. Like my my thought process was always um I want to go all the way through, get my doctorate and just teach at a university, you know, yeah. just get that cush job and, and, and I'll be around books all day. This is, you know, this is what I'll do. Sounds but good. as, as soon as I got my master's degree, I got out and, um, I learned very quickly after teaching a few classes that I was like, I thought I wanted to do this. This is not what I want to do. Mm. You know, I was teaching a few remedial classes and stuff and it was just, it was so draining to come up with like, the material to teach a class, you know, for two and a half, for two hours, twice a week. And, yeah. uh, and it, it just kind of turned me off from the whole thing. Um, you know, having to grade papers and I had another job on top of that at the same time, I was like, yeah. you know, I don't think I'm going to do it. I think this is, I think this is fine. This is, and I can do a lot with a master's degree. So uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Joe, who lives in new Orleans, you might've met him before out and about, I don't know maybe um probably maybe we started doing a bunch of like market writing so like we, yeah. would, we would pretty much you know uh sell ourselves to the highest bidder just to write whatever um we started off doing like humor columns nice uh, have you heard of that have you heard of that blog uh stuff white people like yes uh we wrote yes i that. have yeah we wrote for that when it first before it first started so some of those are ours um <laughs> that's awesome did they like make a book about or like a tv series oh yeah or he something? did he got he got he got he got big off of it in fact when i first started seeing my girlfriend she's like oh you've got to check this out i was like <laughs> I, I wrote for that years ago i was like i'd completely forgotten about it because it, it was it was a paycheck to me it was like yeah i did that and then like he was supposed to have a bunch of um a bunch of offshoot websites like stuff dad likes stuff grandpa likes stuff uh jesus likes stuff jesus hates and so we wrote just we just spent like 
got a good fat check off of that. But like, we spent like so much time just like writing and writing and writing and sending in these tomes of hilarious, you know, excerpts. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of them are on the site. I don't even remember which ones are mine. Uh, it's oh. so long ago that I wrote that. I, I know I've got like a folder somewhere, I think on all of my computers or whatever, but we did that. And then we got into like technical writing and market writing. Um, I wrote for like car insurance. I wrote for like industry manufacturers for bollards and stuff like that. And, and these are like things that like things that distributors that would sell things to, um, to grocery stores for like, for like the bumpers and like the cart returns and stuff like that. I wrote oh. prescriptions oh, okay. for all that stuff. Uh, a lot of uh, search engine optimization writing. I wrote some things about um, IoT and 5G like a few years ago before it was like kind of here. Yeah. We were still in like, still right at 4G. And these guys are talking about 5G. Um, so a little bit of everything. Um, I wrote for Carhartt. Um, like, like, like the, the magazine company. ad or like, or you mean like, company. yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, some glass glass manufacturers, um, a lot of dentists. I've done a lot of dental writing. Now that I remember it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, eventually I got picked up by a um, by a bank, uh, yeah. doing some finance writing, which is where the money's at. So <laughs> happy to be doing that. So it's a right. absolutely a different avenue of. Um, of writing and English that I thought I would be in, but it's, it's satisfying nonetheless. So you st clearly you still read, do you still write like in your personal time? Not as much. Like I said, I do a couple poems a year. I have done some fiction. Um, my friend and I always talk about kind of bouncing ideas off each other for like short stories and things like that. It's just difficult to find the time with, with all of the other interests I have and like being active, you know, it's, I, I'm in front of a screen for like eight hours a day. Yeah. And it's like to, 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 to go back to a screen for another four hours where I can actually focus and write something creative for myself. It's just, it's difficult. So like usually that yeah. time, I'm, you know, uh, you know, I, I probably could work it into a routine at some point, maybe before bed, but like, that's when I like to read. That's when I like to not have to, be creative it's like my brain is already shut off yeah at that point it's like i want to i want to absorb the information not create new new information yeah i i completely get that They're, but every two now and totally then, different zones yeah every now and then like a couple times a year i'll get i'll get really relaxed and really creative and belt something fun out um and i know rj's at the point where he's writing a lot which is great so he's he's on that creative role all the time and he's got he's got some good time to do it. So yeah. Um I'm excited to read some of the the latest stuff that he's got. He's got some stories that were started a couple years ago that um that I've I've looked at and and gave some some copy notes and and editing and all that kind of stuff and and he's really kind of absorbed all that. So <laughs> I'm happy to have have friends and 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 others that are that are also in that creative vein that that we can talk about the writing and and, and that kind of stuff without me actually having to produce something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So 
I have to say, all this is making me miss you guys so much. Just being oh, around man. all this creative flurry. And <laughs> oh, I, I love this stuff. I, I'm I'm so happy to hear that RJ's rolling with this. I'm happy to learn all of this. I didn't know half, like, actually any of what you just told me. This is all <laughs> yeah, been fantastic. Yeah, uh, we, we'd go out and get drunk and either just play music or, or, or hang out downtown. <laughs> yeah. time, which is like. fine. Yeah, which is great. Fun. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we, before I drop off the books entirely, there's something that's uh, itching at me. Uh, yeah, I yeah. am not a typical reader. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, you're aware I've done stand-up comedy. I used to make jokes about yeah. how I didn't like doing, I didn't like reading. Uh, and it's not like that I dislike reading. I've just, it's, I felt, I think I was forced to do it in school and then I read a lot of stuff that I did, I would not have read if I had the choice and it kind of turned me off on it all all together. But I do remember a time in my life when I got really enthralled in a couple of the things that I read and Mm -hmm. I love that feeling. I love being entrenched in a story and the Mm -hmm. only thing I can think of that's kind of similar to that is like... Uh, if I would play a video game with a good storyline or uh, sometimes a movie or a TV show, but that's almost kind of yeah. like a different type of drug. But I mean, it's all still, I like, you know, it's the actor story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now the books that I read are mostly like informational or instructional, which is fine. I, I read self-help books every now and then I do audio books uh, about these topics, but I, for, it's been so long that I've been reading a book and it's like, I wonder what's going to happen to the character next. I can't wait to get home and flip a couple more pages to see where the story goes. My Mm. question to you. Yeah. What would you recommend that I read? Oh shit. All right. Okay. That's such a broad topic there. Okay. So, you could bridge the gap and go with something kind of autobiographical, like find a, an artist that you like or, or, or something like that. Like, I don't know, I don't know if Tom Petty's got a book or something, but like something that someone's written about their experiences, that's always fun. Uh, so that, that kind of bridges the gap between storytelling and still something real. Um, if you're looking for something in fiction, um, you could go to like all of these, these, you know, what are the top 100 books that everyone should read? Usually they're on a list for a reason. You know what I mean? Um, maybe not pick anything that's too hefty, but um, if you want something with some real good emotional aspect to it, um, I would suggest, hang on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick this up. Okay, sure. And walk you over <laughs> this is the first i like this all right cool my bookshelf Whoa. here yeah oh it, it turns and there's there's a whole other there's like two more library things worth of books in my room too it's like these are all the books that i've read that i don't necessarily need to read again and then i've got like a whole other library bookshelf full of the ones that i'm like i could pick these up at any time then i have the books by my bed that are like oh these are the ones that i need to pick up immediately yeah if i need something okay let's see 
What's a good one? T.C. Boyle's a good writer. He's got some interesting stuff. Oh, I forgot I had this book. All right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of something that you might enjoy. Okay. Have you read much Kurt Vonnegut before? I read Slaughterhouse Five and Cat's Cre- Cradle. Oh, nice. All right, yeah. let's see. I've also got um, Salman Rushdie's got some good stuff. Um, I would recommend something I just read that's really good. Patrick Rothfuss, The Name of the Wind. That's the one that I've that I just what, read. You just finished? Yeah, I just refinished. It's a thick ass book, but yeah. it's it's good. Um, as someone that does not read serialized fantasy, this yeah. is really good. Oh man, yeah, if you've ever read any Charles Bukowski, he's really good. As I Lay Dying by William Faulkner. That's one of my favorites. As I Lay Dying. Mm-hmm. Lullaby by Chuck Palahniuk. If you want something that's like really engaging and kind of unexpectedly emotional, Find a book by Amy Tan. Amy any Tan. any book by Amy Tan. She's just an incredible writer. Um, she did what is it? Joy Luck Club. But yeah, the book that course. that really stands out to me is uh, The Kitchen God's Wife. So good. The Kitchen God's Wife. Mm-hmm. If you want something kind of fun and Sweet. adventurous, I'd say American Gods by Neil Gaiman. If you want something kind of in a Victorian vein, go with uh, The Mill on the Floss by George Eliot. Dude, if you've never read Dracula, that shit's great. No, I haven't. It's, I guess there's a Dracula reason he's famous, Dracula and Frankenstein are both yeah. fantastic books that I didn't read until I was an adult, and I'm glad I did, because they're great. Get you a good um, anthology of, of some good stuff. There's a... Um, these, the horror anthology called The New Cthulhu. New Cthulhu. There's a great book called um, Machine of Death. It's a bunch of authors that contributed short stories. And if you want to um, to read some good nonfiction, I'd suggest um, Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. It's really good. It's very good. And it reads a lot like um, Orwell, um, oh God, what's that book? Um, Down and, out in Lo- Down and Out in London or something like that? According to Wikipedia, Down and Out in Paris and London. Yeah, that's the it. First full-length oh, yeah. work by the English author. Down and Out in Paris and London. So yeah, any, any one of those will, will be great. <laughs> Look up all the synopses on those and, 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 and kind of pick one. <laughs> will do. I appreciate the list. Yeah, man. Well, I don't want to take up all of your time, Gabe. I do appreciate you coming out for this. Do you have been any... fun, man. Uh, good. I'm glad to hear that. This has been a fun experience for me, too. And uh, Again, as I mentioned, there's like two categories of people that I've been talking to during all this. is you know People that I've known and people that I like but I don't really know that well. Mm-hmm. I've been... I've enjoyed getting to know you a lot better and yeah, the man. setting where we can have a real conversation this is nice yeah me too especially 
during all the pandemic stuff, man. It's <laughs> I saw you're doing this. I was like, yeah, yeah. We, we need to yeah, let's chat.